Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, me and these gadget gadgets is just not, it ain't happening today. And it's starting to get on my nerves. But I am going to just do my best. As you can see, I came out of my computer room into my kitchen area. And hopefully this app would make it better, but now the doggone camera thing is still crooked. But it's okay. So, and it took me two hours to even post the stuff on Facebook, which I still wasn't able to do. But I'm going to let it do what it do for today's show. Now, many are aware that today is considered a holiday. Now, people are off from work today. However, trash man still running. I had to run outside, get wet. I thought it was going to run the next day, but apparently it didn't. So I had to go out there and get soaking wet today. But today is Martin Luther King's birthday holiday, and they're honoring it today. Now, even though his birthday is actually on the 15th and today is the 16th, they're honoring it today. Now, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, I want to review some of his most memorable quotes in his sermon. And I remember being a kid and, and going to school and listening to some of the different quotes and things of that nature in the auditorium when Dr. Freeman was our principal there, and he made sure he exposed us to certain information. But I also want to reflect on what those quotes or those statements actually meant to you. Because many of us received conflicting information as it related to Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, whether you were born and raised or went to school in California or you was in Georgia or Alabama or in the South, many of us have had different experiences and heard different information as it relates to Dr. Martin Luther King. And that's what I want to talk about. Because I know in North County they have the breakfast birthday celebration every year and they always give a, a shout-out to Ms. June Parks as she started this breakfast. I wasn't able to make it this year. I know she went. I may get a chance to call her on the phone and find out how it went. But I appreciate the things that she also did in San Diego County, North County, in order so that we won't forget. We will remember those individuals that did the work and paved the way for many of us to be where we are today, including myself. Now, when I talk about what some of those quotes actually meant to you, and I also want to discuss his dream, because the thing is his dream can continue even after someone killed the dreamer. You know, so a lot of times when I was trying to come up with this topic, I was like, do I want to talk about individuals and their dreams? Because many of us have visions. Back then, many people were dying young, especially when they were considered a threat meaning when you have the ability to make an impact, influence, and empower others, many people didn't understand that. So some of the things that Dr. King stood for, people wasn't ready for that yet because they was like, mm -mm, no, you ain't. No, you can't do that. But see, now we're like, no, we're not thinking that no more. So one of my favorite quotes is free at last. I used to always say free at last, free at last. You know, but my thing is based on Dr. King's um, prediction in regard to that, are we really free at last? Because we're still seeing a lot of injustice. We're still seeing a lot of discrimination. We're still seeing a lot of police brutality. We're still seeing a lot of different things. So that was one of the, the um, my most memorable ones that I wanted to discuss was the free at last. And I want to hear yours. I want you to have a platform where you can share and talk about some of the things that you've experienced or you've learned and how we can also do better. This is not just to fuss, whine, and complain, but it's actually to make a difference. Another one that I saw as I was getting this information when he says, I am not fearing any man. People that know me know I always say, I ain't scared of nothing I can see. If I can see it, I sure ain't scared of it. Now, that was also considered his last sermon on April the 3rd, 1968, at the Bishop Charles Mason Temple, entitled, I've Been to the Mountaintop. Now, it's really interesting how would we, 
and I don't want to quote it with Tupac or anything like that because I've been listening to a lot of Tupac's music. It seems like when individuals are people of greatness, they're feared. They're not understood. They don't always fit in. So when he, the Dr. King did the, the um, I've been to the mountaintop, what did you get from that? What does that mean to you? And what are your memories or favorite quotes? I want to hear your thoughts. Now, to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. And you know, I don't like to just sit here and be talking all about myself. And, yeah, you can still see the plastic on my chair. I need to take it off. I didn't want to take it off because I don't want my grandkids messing up my new dinette set on my furniture. So that's why I still got it on here. So, again, I want to know what is your most memorable quote. Now, when we start talking about um, the different things in regards to what, who was Martin Luther King? What was he about? You know, if I was to ask my grandkids about Martin Luther King, they'd be like, Granny, I don't know what you're talking about. Or they'd start telling me about the, the, the middle school because schools have been named after him, streets have been named after him. You know, a lot of different things have transpired. But when we start talking about who he was as a person, there are some individuals that did the walk, did the talk, and was there. Now, I was a kid. I wasn't born when he did a lot of different things. I was still a child when he, when he was killed. But there were still a lot of things that, that took place, especially growing up in the inner cities in Compton, that it made a difference. And then it was around the time when we were talking about um, Malcolm X and the, the nonviolence. So I want to hear your take. I'm going to call Ms. June Parks and ask her how the event went today because I didn't get a chance to go because I was not going to try to go out there in that rain. So let me see if I can get in touch with her. And I do want some of the individuals to call in and share their thoughts. We got Ms. Perkins out there. We got a whole lot of individuals that have a lot of knowledge when it comes to this, to Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., let me see if Ms. Parks answer her phone. Oh, I'm down the wrong number. That's why I don't like using this phone because the phone that I normally use, I'm doing my Facebook Live. <laughs> I got to figure these the gadgets out. I really do. This just don't make no sense whatsoever. Okay, Ms. Parks, where are you? Where are you, Miss Parker? Hello, lady. Hey, how you doing? I'm calling you on this phone because okay. I, I, I'm I on recognize the, the number this time. Uh, this time, and you know what? And I changed the, the time of the show today because I wanted to make sure that individuals was able to call in. And then my butt, I, it took me two hours to even try to post the information because I don't know if I was in Facebook jail or what was happening. But it was not going through. So how was the breakfast today in North County? Okay. It was very good. Did they mention you, honorable mention? I I mean, I saw that there was a lot of people there in regards to, when we're talking about making a difference, when we're talking about getting involved in that movement, I saw a lot of um, senators was there from California and that's not something that we normally see because many of us don't believe that, I don't want to say that change is possible, but they don't know how to go about implementing the change. So when I started seeing senators there and, and a lot of individuals there from all different race, color, creed, what was your take on that? Because, I mean, that's, I don't know if you've ever seen that before either in your lifetime. I was using that, and I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> oh, and who was that speaking? Oh, that was Dorothy. Well, you know what, Dorothy? I want to hear what you guys got to say because, see, you guys I are... just said it. I'm with you. And I told you on that last night. They don't popularize this thing. It's not what it started out to be. Uh-huh. What community service did they do this time? I know. I know. You know that's where I'm at. That's not how she started it. I don't like the way it's turned, and I ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm going to leave it alone. And I did not go to the breakfast because of that reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm closing my store. I'm done. <laughs> I'm trying well, to say 
You know what? And the thing is, and I wanted to make sure she do get honored because she started that in North County. But see, the thing is, too, Miss Parks got involved for a reason. Miss Parks, what we doing? her today why she told me and a committee in 
Well, you know what, though? But, no, you ain't going to get that many. You'll get three, five dozen in the world because eggs are expensive. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now, that is definitely...
He said, uh-uh, don't be spending my money. That's my money. You're six years old. But when you want to go to all of these places and get something to eat, you want your mama to do it. But she's trying to teach him about finances, about eating healthy, about having a savings account. But when did they start giving kids EBT cards?
when I have insurance. I'm like, this, I'm paying six eighty a month for insurance, and you gonna charge me fourteen dollars, uh, $1,450 for a copay for an MRI? You better tell me everything in regards from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet or why my bones and joints ache. But that had nothing to do with it. So my question then became, what if I didn't have the money? She didn't say, oh, we can send you a bill or you can talk to some type of financialist. She didn't tell me that. She made it was like, if you don't get it done, you ain't got the money. You ain't getting it done. And I said to myself, if it wasn't for the fact that Lisa Marie Presley just died of cardiac arrest, I'd be like the hell with y'all. I would have been like you, Dorothy. I was ready to cuss everybody out up in there. But, but thank God I was able but when did they start making you pay $1,450 for a copay for MRI? That makes no sense. I got Kaiser. I have a gap. I need to figure it out because that is to me. Well, I need to do something because to me that is an injustice in the medical care system because, like I said, I can see if I went in there uninsured, but I have insurance. I paid a premium, and now you want fourteen hundred and fifty dollars a co-bag? Yeah, that and didn't make well, no sense. I have, I have two insurances because I have, I'm one thing got on sixty-five. I'm mm-hmm. sixty-eight, mm-hmm. so I got Medicare, and then I have the military uh, insurance as well. Mm-hmm. So what Medicare won't pay for? I had to fight. 
I'm like, yes. this is ridiculous. Right, I know. This is ridiculous. So when we start talking about also bringing to uh, public consciousness of racism, and that's bringing a sense of awareness. I was watching that movie. They got a movie out called Karen. When I watch the movie, I do like Miss Parks. When we go to the movies, there was only certain movies we could watch because we get mad. So <laughs> I was watching that movie. I was like, really? It's a bunch of Karens out here. You know, it's individuals, it's like they say, when you know better, you do better. But some of these people know better, but they still do what they want to do because they think they can get away with it. True. And they don't think they can get away with it. They get away with it. Mm-hmm. They actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then hope they don't get caught. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, but you know, mm. Okay, so even when we start talking about one of his things was to counter the prejudice in the United States. You know, a lot of individuals, we start talking about affirmative actions and things of that nature and talking about a woman's right to vote, the woman's right to choose. We got a lot of things. We, even when we was watching what was going on in um, the House of Representatives recently where McCarthy thought he just knew he had it in the bag, we had to go, what, 15 rounds? And I think if they wouldn't have had them vote almost at midnight, he probably still wouldn't have got the vote. But they tried their best to wear them people out. It's not voting in on the 6th. Mm-hmm. He didn't get in until the 7th. It was after midnight before they voted. It's at 15th one. And nobody said it wasn't done on January 6th, but I know it wasn't. Joan and I was watching TV. And girl, me and her was having these conversations up in here. You were talking about politicians. Jenny, <laughs> <laughs> we got that. They were voting me in this time. And he ain't getting in this time either. Yeah. And then you, I woke up the next morning. Yeah. I, I woke up the next morning, too. I was like, wait a minute. How y'all going to be on people there at 10 o'clock at night? Who want to be there that time of night? Yeah. Just wearing people down. Now, I'm looking at some of the things that I wrote down because I got a phone, two phones in my hand up to the other thing with the eyes to try to show it on Facebook Live. Now, what did he do to change the world? So I'm going to ask you, Ms. Parks, what are some of the things that you think that Martin Luther King did to change the world? Oh, well, he did? Mm-hmm. In your opinion, some of the things that you know, that you saw, and you experienced. I think he well, one thing he did, he was patient, mm-hmm. very patient, mm-hmm. and showed brotherly love. Okay. And uh, you have to trust and believe in God. Yeah. I yeah. guess that should be first. Yeah, that's true. Because you know what? And a lot of times we want to take matters into our own hands, and when we do that sometimes we mess it up. You know, there's a yeah. saying that patience is a virtue. Because it takes a lot of patience to deal with people of all different personalities, all different nationalities, all different backgrounds. See, I have to remember when I'm talking to people, I may not understand their struggles if they may not understand mine. I get a lot of individuals that will call me for therapeutic services, and they only want to talk to me because I'm black. And that is a whole other form of discrimination. And I have to let individuals know that all black therapists may not understand black issues. So don't just think because a therapist is black that that therapist is going to be able to relate to whatever it is you go with you because that may not be the case. And then now you're mad because you wanted somebody to come in and um, just agree with you based on color, but it's just a little bit deeper than that, much deeper than that. So I want to say, when I was doing my research, I'm trying to plug this thing that's not very not to go there. I want to say that two of the things that I learned, not just today, that through the research that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did was the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. And the Voting Rights Act in 1965. Now, I wasn't born until 1966, so this was before my time, but this is why a lot of seniors get so upset when individuals say, well, my vote don't matter, or what what do I got to do with this? Because people have died for people to be able to vote. People have died when we start talking about bringing civil rights 
um, issues to the forefront. So that was that was very 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 two key things. Another thing is he was a powerful man. He may have been small in statue because I remember going to the Martin Luther King um, thing in Atlanta, and I saw his clothes. I said, "Ooh, he was little. He a little man." <laughs> he may have. Been, yeah, did you look up the Lyndon Baines Johnson and the Civil Rights Movement for I, research? No, I did not look that up today. I did not, but I have, you know. You need to because one of the things that Lyndon Baines Johnson said when Martin Luther King was doing what he was doing, you know, stirring up things as he called it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote it the way I think he said it. Mm-hmm. What does this nigga want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, his whoever says he wants to meet with you. Mm-hmm. And then Lyndon Johnson told King that he could not just sign a, I would call it a blank check to let black people do what they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, King told him, Sir, you do. You are the president of the United States. You can make change if you choose to make change. Mm-hmm. If you choose not to make change, we as a black people will not stop. Look it up. Mm-hmm. They, uh, uh, Linda Bain Johnson and the Civil Rights Movement and Dr. Robinson King. Mm-hmm. I'm just a book TV on Saturdays and stuff, and I mm-hmm. like to follow things that President does. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And I, I believe that. Listening and uh, <clears throat> just a lot with um, 
MLK. There's a lot of things that I think the black people just um, don't understand with him. And there's a lot of things that we've been lying about him as well. Um, you brought up some good points, you and uh, the other caller that you have. Uh, one of the things I want to bring to you know everyone's attention is that uh, Martin Luther King, you know, well, the first thing with his death, he didn't die of those uh, that, that round of bullets that he took during that assassination attempt. Oh he yeah, because you know what, you know what, Will. One of the things that I found was when I was looking at some of the things that MLK did was was he basically entered college at the age of 15. So he was very well educated. Mm-hmm. He was also, right. in 1955, with the Montgomery um, bus boycott, meaning he taught us, if you want to get a person back, get them in their pocket. When you start messing yeah, with their money, they're going to listen to you. Otherwise, people don't want to listen. So that was another thing he did. He also was arrested 29 times. Lord, I, right. I would think when I said, I said, ooh, I would hate to see him get live scanned 29 times. And he survived an assassination attempt before his death. And another thing, right. with all that he'd been through, his family wasn't playing. Now, we know there's always going to be some family drama, but his family filed a civil rights case against the government, and they won. I don't know what the dollar right. amount was that they settled for, but they did win. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to turn right. this phone up. I don't know why this phone is low. Invo- okay, let me see okay. that, man. Okay, I got you there. Okay, so there were some things, a lot of things that we did not know. But 15 in college, yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with okay. that uh, bus boycott, I think that we should actually – look at that today and say, hey, boycotts do work. And we uh-huh. need to recognize that something, and we need Correct. to make sure that we, stay, we, we, you know, stay the course. I mean, right now, when somebody talks to boycott, most black people say, I ain't that. Well, they do it for a little bit, and it's all that it don't work. Well, it took, well, years for that boycott to actually work. And then when it finally did, and white folks start losing money, you know, mm-hmm. and businesses start shutting down. Then they came and said, hey, what do y'all want? What do y'all want? Okay. And mm-hmm. then that's when they were able to go and get some Well, that kind of goes back to what Dorothy was saying earlier when she said that when Linda B. Johnson wanted to know what it was going to take for them to get them to shut up or get them to be quiet or whatever the case may be. And like you said, when you right. start hitting people in their pocket, then they start paying you some attention because mm-hmm. they don't realize the black power that people have. And sometimes it's with the patients. Like I said, even with eggs. Eggs should not be this amount, $30 for five dozen eggs. I saw uh, on Facebook somebody posted, and they said every time I go to the store, I put an egg in my pocket. And this person had a refrigerator with eggs falling out of the pocket. I mean, out the uh, refrigerator. But it got me scared to where I don't even want to go buy no eggs if it's that expensive. What the hell is going on here? So we went through that with milk, that with bread. We're going through that with a lot of different things. Some of the stuff we got to start growing our own food. What's really going on is that there is a food shortage that is being done purposely, all right, because mm-hmm. they want to control the mass of people. So at this point, you know, uh, while race is important, this is actually more than race. This is a, a war against good and evil, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's a spiritual war as well. And right now, if you control, whoever controls the food and water supply controls the masses. So mm-hmm. we're at a point now where if, if we don't gain control of this, then we're going to be in a serious bind. And I and I mm-hmm. need to say this, and I know it's going to upset a lot of black people out here, but the Democrats in particular right now are the problem. They are the ones mm-hmm. that is putting in all these rules, laws, and regulations and, and doing all these things that are destroying not only the economy, but they're destroying the country in general. So mm-hmm. at this point, we need to really consider where our vote goes, because I know you guys talked about the vote. And, you know, mm-hmm. okay, the vote could use uh more effectively if black people just stop giving it away. We give our votes mm-hmm. away. And we well, that goes back to what I said turn. earlier when I said, let's not give you a handout, give people an opportunity that makes a difference. And now when we start talking about mm-hmm. party lines, whether Republican, Democrat, 
and we start talking about people, and we talk, start talking about people's constituents and where they basically their home place is of where their people are. When you start talking about the citizens in Compton or the citizens in Chicago the citizens or Detroit, Michigan, and we start putting people in certain places, that's where we start seeing a, a lot of things happening. So I don't always just say Republican and Democrat. My thing is do the right thing no matter what. No matter what your right. political party is, we got to get together and do something with the people, period, because we shouldn't be starving people. Like I said, when I was talking about Ryder with a $500 EBT card with his name on it, I'm like, really? Right. You know, we're right, how about I go go to the store? He's six years old. He don't know nothing about grocery shopping, making a grocery list and things of that nature. So another thing we start talking about, even when um, Martin Luther King Jr. was a social activist, and a Baptist minister who played a key role in the American Civil Rights Movement, which is what I talked about, until his assassination. He saw equality and human rights for African Americans, the economically disadvantaged, and all victims of injustice through peaceful protests. Now, the thing is, we saw when we started looking at different protests, whether we were talking about George Floyd, we started talking about when we started talking about what happened with the insurrection on January the 6th. They weren't ready and prepared like they was when they were thinking that a bunch of black folks were coming in and got something to say. So they do things differently. And also, yeah. he was the driving force behind. We talked about the watershed events at the, um, the Montgomery bus boycott. And in 1963, the March on Washington, which helped bring such landmarks. We talked about the Civil Rights Act, the Vote Act. And he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. So those were just some of the things that we um, we didn't know. But he was very gifted. And the college that he went to at 15 was Morehouse. He went to Morehouse. So when we start talking about these different things, Will, what was your take on what was you taught in school? Because we were taught a lot of wrong information. Yeah, a lot of wrong information. Most of the things that we were taught was basically to uh, – keep us docile and in, in control, under control. So at this point, I look at, you know, uh, Dr. King's movement, because I'm going to tell you, I'm a person that did not agree with his, um, you know, um, his marches and rallies and stuff like that, nonviolent. I'm okay with nonviolence, but then again, even, you know, animals will protect themselves when attacked. So he was Correct. wrong in that aspect. And he recognized that after he had his conversation with the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And a lot of people don't talk about that. This is one of the reasons why they had to kill him, because he recognized and understood that the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was right and exact. So he started, he started to change the narrative, and he had a lot of white people who was backing him as well. That made him very give me, one, give me one second, Will. Give me one second. Ms. Parks, Ms. Parks, I'm going to hang it up because you have a lot of background noise, but if you want to call in on the show, you can give me a call at 516-387-1914. 516-387-1914. Cuz we're talking about some Yeah, we're talking about some juicy stuff now cuz I know you probably want to get in on this debate. But I can hear your um, background noise. But I, I have this question while you're here. We were talking about the nonviolence. My thing is this. If I'm going to rally up my troops or rally up my people, I want to make sure that they're prepared. I don't want to send people in there and get a whole bunch of people killed and they don't have the weapons that the other people got. Now, we start talking about even fearing gangs. That's why most, when we talk about law enforcement, are afraid of gang members it's because of the weapons that they have. And now you got people that's connected with law enforcement and you got all. See, back then they didn't have all of that. At least I don't think they did. So then when they started organizations like the Black Panthers that came in providing um, food, nutrition, uh, medicine, and then they also had weapons, but they still didn't have as many weapons as the police had. They may have had a few. But that could have been why they were trying to start nonviolent instead of just going in there like a chicken with your head cut off and getting everybody killed. Right. You gotta <clears> see, we don't need to be out there in the we don't really need to be out here in the streets no more. I think it's too dangerous for us at this point. When we what we mm -hmm. since we have social media and things like that right now, 
we can, you know, unify, but we have to figure out what we're going to unify on. We got black people everywhere. I don't want to believe in this. I don't want to follow this. We have no discipline as a unit. So I'm mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm more disappointed with black people in general. We need mm-hmm. to really uh, reevaluate ourselves, and uh, too many of us are not willing to do that. I mean, I'm right. looking at the situation of just just these uh, these COVID shots alone, and how many uh, black people we're seeing out there and put something in their bodies that they knew nothing about. Right. And not only that, Will, and I'm going to bring that up too. We'll be talking about injustice even in the medical care and the medical system. Yeah. Look at all people are dying of cardiac arrest, heart attacks. They just had one well, guy that was on American Idol died of a heart attack. When I went to go get my MRI, I was telling Ms. Parkson the other day on Friday, they charged me $1,450 for an MRI. It makes absolutely no sense. They didn't say, well, we can send you a bill or we can see if we can. If, if you think I had a stroke, don't you think it's best that you see if there was any damage instead of just telling me how much I got to pay for a freaking copay? So, and they then when care. he was like, well, we can give you an IV. I don't want no needle in my, uh-uh, you ain't putting nothing up in me. So right. the thing they is we have to educate ourselves. we got to be provided the appropriate information and resources. People are not telling the truth. And they scared right. when they get scared this, when you start asking questions. This is all a part of the plan, and the doctors out here in California now under a new law that uh, Gavin Newsom and them slipped under our nose to where if doctors – talk to their patients about anything uh, COVID-related that is not approved by the government, FDA, and the the CDC, if they tell you, hey, you know what, you can boost your immune system with vitamin D3, vitamin C, Mm -hmm. selenium, and things like that, they can lose their license. So now the doctors are afraid to talk to you about things that are helpful for you. So where are we at now? We can't. We already know that remdesivir and those ventilators were killing people when COVID was out. But they're not putting that information on mainstream at this point. So we got to look at all the stuff and just even with today with MLK, how they continue to take our leaders while they were alive. They hated them. But when they died, all of a sudden they are heroes. We need to recognize that our feelings are being played. We, we feel everything and we govern our lives based on you know, how we feel black people, and we need to stop doing that because that's how they control and manipulate us. We have leaders today, like Minister Louis Farrakhan and like brothers in, you know, the Hebrew Israelite brothers. They are telling us the truth. They are guiding us and trying to give us a direction and unity, but we don't want to hear from them. We want to go hear our, about our dead leaders and pump them up. And I'm, and I'm not being disrespectful to them. They, are, they were leaders, but during the time they were alive, Hey, man, hardly too many black people or anybody uh, love uh, Malcolm X or um, Martin Luther King. Hey, black folks can say whatever they want to say. We didn't start loving him until it was okay by white people to say, oh, you know what, he was a good person. Well, he's dead now, so what are we going to do, follow him to the grave? We have leaders right now that are teaching us the exact same thing that both of those Strong black men was teaching us when we was alive, and we don't follow them today, and we give every excuse and reason not to. So I'm upset with black folks today, and many of us are not going to make it simply because we're too damn stiff-necked, and we don't want to discipline ourselves to the point to where we can get out of this mess. And we're at the, mm-hmm. we're at the brink now where we're going to be exterminated completely. With all these immigrants coming in here, why do you think they're letting these immigrants come in here? They're trying to replace us. Pretty soon, there ain't going to be no jobs left for us anyway. They mm-hmm. can, at, at, you know out here in California, if you get a job, you got to sign that little clause, you know, at risk or wherever. You know, they can fire you at any given time for no given reason. Well, one of the so, things that's happening with a lot of our um, brothers is the criminal background check. And they're saying that they don't have to, that they can't use it against you, but they are. You know, I have a friend now, he just found out that they put information on his live scan that didn't even apply to him. You know, and he was wondering why he was being denied right. jobs and stuff like that. He started talking about being nonviolent. Well, he was trying to make sure yeah. that there was no workplace violence. So there's a lot of things going on that we do need to wake up. We need to wake up and mm-hmm. we need to pay attention to things. And like I said, one of the things that you know, you've been knowing me for years, I had to learn how to fight differently. I had to learn right. how to let my voice make make sure – you, if you don't see me, you go hear me. And, and I don't have to be screaming and hollering and cuffing and doing all this. But I'm going to get my point across to make you think. 
You might not want to move right now. You might not want to do it right now. But you go think about it because you're going to realize she ain't going nowhere. So uh, we better try to hear her out in regards to what she's saying. And it was kind of like what I was saying earlier, and I was talking about the fight that I had to go through, is my clients told me, Jeanette, you're the only one that fights for us. And I wasn't a, I'm not a recovering drug addict. I never did drugs. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not. But when I saw that these clients was being treated unfairly, and like my mother told me, she said, Jeanette, you're going against the system. My mother was afraid for me. She thought, Jeanette, they go do something. Shoot, I started going to gangbangers. I started going to the drug. I was going to everybody like, anything happened to me, this is what y'all need to know. <laughs> so right. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not the one. I am so not the one to where I had people looking out for me that I didn't even know was looking out for me because I believed in doing the right things. Now, I'm not saying that I'm infallible, and I'm not saying that I'm beyond things happening to me, but by that same token, I learned how to fight differently that's my point so right you know, you know we i know that i've experienced seeing you do it and you know like we're talking to Jean, and your mother you know we had a very uh a really good conversation man before she uh transitioned and um one and and, and it's really ironic because we talked about martin luther king and she and i agreed because she was like i didn't like him you know how you you know how your mom was she's like i, I don't oh, like that
and not just being a disadvantage, but we need to start paying attention to things. And, you know, so when we start talking about believing and hearing the things and the information, we got to do better. We really got to do better. So until Absolutely. tomorrow evening, hmm, you have a topic? Can you throw me a topic out there? I'll just agree with you, absolutely. There's a lot that we can discuss. And, yeah, I have a few topics, you know. I don't know if you'll be able to discuss them all on your show. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I didn't that we need... <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't... because, you know, people are getting censored and losing their jobs for stuff I talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah, it's hard to discuss really about patience. Just because you're patient don't mm-hmm. mean you got to procrastinate. Just because you're being patient. See, there's a lot of things, like I said, we are we have a misperception about some things. So I don't want to just be talking to be talking. I want to make sure that we're talking and have some substance because that makes a difference. So I'll right. think about it, come up with something, and I'll be on tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Pacific. So until then, great. and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. You too.